Welcome to the In The Cut Fantasy Sports Podcast with your hosts, John Fish and Ryan Venancio. What's up, everybody? Welcome in episode 27 of the In The Cut Fantasy Sports Podcast. I am your host, John Fish, joined as always by Ryan. What's up, Ryan? What's going on, Fish? I'm uh, excited to get out of the positional pods and into, you know, maybe some more interesting stuff and uh, excited for the episode tonight. Yeah, I figured uh, it'd be a good time tonight just kind of not not necessarily summarize what we just went over with like for the last couple of weeks, but um, five buys at current ADP and five fades at current ADP. Um, obviously, we probably talked about a lot of these guys in our position breakdowns because we essentially talked about, you know, basically everybody that's kind of getting drafted. So uh, there might be a little bit of crossover, but um, you know, before we get, uh, I think, well, you know, Daniel Preppers is going to be coming on and we're going to be doing some you know cool things with that. Um, figured we'd do one, one quick episode where we're you know, just five guys that we, we like at ADP and five guys we're fading. So um, let's start with the, let's start with the fades first. Um, who do you got as your, uh, as one of your fades. So um, I'm going to go in order of ADP. Just, I, feel, I feel like that, that'll that be easiest. Um, I'm going to start with Jake McCarthy. And I know I've talked about him already before, but he is starting to go a little bit higher in drafts, I've noticed, than what he was in the beginning of the uh, season. Um, and he's going – I did ADP um, – sorry, i got to scroll up. I uh, did ADP since February 1st. So DC since February 1st, last 22 drafts. He's going on average pick 110. And I get that he's going to steal bases. But he, I just don't like the skills. Um, again, I've said this before already, but, you know, in case for people that didn't listen to our outfield preview. Um his profile of sort of like low power average ish contact guy is generally a really good defender and he is not a really good defender. Um, he doesn't have power and the underlying strikeout and walk plate discipline metrics are a lot worse than his K to walk would indicate. So I just think he's going to be like a low on base guy, no power, Average defense, like that kind of guy doesn't stick around as like a major league regular. Um, he is 25 years old, so I guess there's the chance that he gets better, but there's nothing really indicating like, like I said, if he had really good defense, he would stay on the field. He doesn't. If he had maybe like a really good max EV, I'd say, oh, he's got some power upside. He doesn't. Hits the ball on the ground a lot. There's just nothing I like in his profile. Um, and again, I know people are drafting him for speed, but I just don't see him. I don't know. I don't see the uh, the 110 ADP paying off at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you with with you there. Um, my first uh, my first fade is going to be somebody who I actually didn't even uh, I didn't even think that he would be a fade of mine, but um, it was apparent that he is in in this uh, one thousand dollar DC that I just started. He was available in the fifth round, and I passed on him there. Uh, it's Cedric Mullins, who actually has an ADP of 47. 
uh, in that same time frame that you used. Uh, so usually he's going in the fourth round, and I passed on him in the fifth round, and that was even with starting Jordan Alvarez and Rafael Devers uh, and having Altuve in the fourth. So it was a build where he would have fit that build perfectly, and if I'm not taking him there, it's it's pretty clear that I'm probably not going to be taking him anywhere. So, um, you know, when I was putting together the, you know, my fades, uh, yeah, it was kind of surprising to have him on there. Cause I mean, like I said, if I'm not taking him in that build, I'm obviously not going to be taking him at all. So I just think, um, you know, obviously I, I, the speed is terrific. I think he, he's going to steal a lot of bases, but you know, we saw him kind of platoon a little bit at the end of the, the year last year that the batting average came down. We knew the power was going to come down. Um, so the RBIs are just not going to be there when you're hitting leadoff in that lineup. So he's uh, Cedric Mullins is, uh, is my first fade in the night. Uh, who do you got as your uh, second fade? My second fade is um, of ADP of 226. That's a supposed Detroit Tigers closer, Alex Lang. Um, basically, I just don't think he's a closer. Um, I get that he only had an 11% walk rate, but his command is absolutely atrocious. Um, and I don't think he's an actual 11% walk rate guy. I think he's more like a 14 to 15% walk rate guy. And that type of profile just isn't ever going to sustain being a closer. Um, and also chase contact is something that's, um, it's sort of like line drive rate in the sense that it needs a longer period of time to stabilize. And um, Alex Lang had a 78% zone contact rate, which is good, but not great. His chase contact was 32%, which is insanely low. Ridiculously, ridiculously low. Um, league average is 58%. So almost 20, 26 percentage points better than average as to where his zone contact rate is only four percentage points better than average. So I think um, that's going to regress in a negative way. Um, he's going to walk more batters just because, again, the command is absolutely awful. Um, and I just don't think that even though, yes, he has good stuff, uh, his curveball is very good when he places it in the right spot. I just don't think he has the profile to be a closer. Um, Again, you know, some pitchers, they just figure out command. Guys like Clay Holmes and Felix Bautista, they took those next steps um, in terms of command and that really brought their game to the next level. So is that possible for Lang? Yeah, it's, it's possible. I just don't. Um, there's a lot of closer specs going after him that I like more than him. And again, I just don't think unless the command takes a big step up, I don't think he can be a closer. Yeah, I mean, the only pushback I would really give you is they really don't have many other options there. And we just saw Soto, who also has terrible command, um, just, you know, compiled a bunch of saves. So, yeah, it's uh, that bullpen is something that's it's probably not wise to invest in it, I guess, is the way I would go with it. Just because, you know, they haven't named him the closer. So, you know, I think everybody's kind of drafted him almost as if he is, but. Um, I know I have one share, but it's not, he's definitely not a huge target for me. Um, my second fade is uh, a guy that I think a lot of people actually really like a lot. It's Adley Rutschman. Um, he's going ADP of 71, which is like the fifth round. I, I, 
I just don't see it, man. I mean, I know he's a huge prospect. I know he's going to be good. It's it's um, it's just one of those things. He's kind of got a middling batting average. He had 254 last year. You know, maybe hit something like 260 this year. Uh, it's it's not a ton of power. You know, he's probably mid-teens in power. The RBI total is going to be low because he's hitting, you know, likely second in that lineup. Uh, there's, you know, close to no speed, and you just get maybe a, you're hoping for a handful of bags. Uh, the runs, the runs are the runs are elite. There's no question about that, and he should play a lot. So, you know, I, I can understand that, but this is a this is a pretty premium pick here in the fifth round. Um, personally, I would take Sal Perez over him, but at, I also would take um, I would rather just wait and take um, actually one of the guys that I do have in in my buy section that we'll get to uh, a little bit later in the pod. But uh, yeah, Adley Rutschman would probably be my uh, my second fade. Uh, who do you got as your uh, third fade? Yeah, so my third guy is going to be um, outfielder for the Cincinnati Reds, Will Myers, uh, going on average at pick 230. I just don't understand it. Um, the skills have gotten worse as he's gotten older. Uh, the strikeout rate, um, you know, was, uh, you know, it's always been bad. But I, I, I don't know. He, he doesn't hit the ball as hard. He doesn't barrel the ball. Uh, he's going to hit for, you know, you, you would think he's going to hit for a bad batting average, um, even though he's had insanely high bat bips the last two seasons. I don't really know uh, why that's the case. Um, he had a 360 bat bip last year and a 333 the year before. Um I mean, I guess that can sustain going to Cincinnati, but uh, it's strange to me because, again, he doesn't hit the ball particularly hard. He doesn't barrel the ball. Um, I don't know why his bad whip was so high last year. Um, Maybe, uh, I mean, he generally runs a high line drive rate, so maybe that's it. Um, But he hit seven home runs (laughs) and stole two bases last year in nearly half a season. Um, again, I get that great American is going to be good for power, but what exactly are you buying here? Um, he attempted three stolen bases last year in 80 games. So you're basically betting on him staying healthy, him, uh, attempt just like tripling his stolen base, uh, well, more than tripling his stolen base attempts from the previous season. You're hoping that his BABIP stays in the three fifties. Because you know he's striking out thirty percent of the time, so he's going to have to run a high bat bip in order um, to hit two fifty, two sixty again. Um, and he's thirty two years old, and he's only going to be getting worse. I don't know. I think you're just um, you're hoping everything goes right here at pick two thirty, and I think there's just much better out. Even though outfield does dry up, I just think there's so much more proven players at like all types of positions um, and good veterans that I still want to take here. Like, uh, like Michael Conforto goes uh, 20 picks later. And, you know, even, even though Michael Conforto hasn't played um, at least the, you know, the last time he played, his skills were good. Um, Jock Peterson just hit 25, 30 home runs. He goes later. Uh, I don't know. Even like Jesse, even though Jesse Winker had a bad year last year, I like him more than Myers. I like Jorge Soler more than Myers. I don't know. I, I can't 
I can't get behind taking uh, taking Myers, even though you know I sort of get it, the Great American Park thing, but I don't know. Uh, nothing nothing about his profile excites me. Yeah, it has to be strictly uh, the park, right? Like that's got to be the only reason. Which, yeah, it's a great park to hit in, but um, you know the days, the good days of Will Myers with the big power speed combo um, are done. So uh, my third fade is. Um, you're not going to like to hear it, but it's O'Neill Cruz. Uh, <laughs> ADP of 73. Um, it's just, uh, I love the power speed combo, but I just I just can't take on that batting average drain this early in, in the draft. Um, it's just strictly, uh, it's just it's just the price, really. Um, you know, if he's growing a couple rounds later, I would be, you know, much more interested. Um, I also don't like the park. And I don't like the lineup, so it's uh, it's really just kind of cut and dry. It's just the the average and the counting stats are just um, I just don't think they're going to be good enough um, for to to hold that that price tag. But obviously, we love the talent. You know, this guy's an absolute freak. Um, hits the ball as hard as anybody in the majors, and um, obviously, we've we've seen his arm from shortstop too. It's uh, he's just insane. So. Um, yeah, it's just those, it's just the batting average and the counting stats. That's really all, that's all it comes down to. Um, who do you got for your fourth fade? So my fourth guy is going to be another Detroit Tiger, uh, catcher Eric Haas going, uh, pick 289. I know it's kind of weird to fade, you know, uh, a shitty catcher that's going kind of late, but I think he's like legitimately horrible. Um, he had a 5% barrel rate last year which is really bad for a high strikeout power hitting catcher. Um, and while it looks like he improved on his strikeout rate, it went from 31% to 27%. Um, the amount he swung and missed was almost the exact amount that he swung and missed the year prior. His whiff rate went from 34%, 34.7 to 33%. Um, and he chased more often. <laughs> Uh, like his own contact went up a little bit, but that wouldn't be enough to like make a, a huge, not that he made like a massive uh, stride in strikeout rate. He still strikes out uh, a lot, but I don't actually think he improved anything. And again, uh, the barrel rate was still poor and his fly ball, his fly balls went down. Uh, he had more pop-ups. Like there was no positives, uh, from 2021 to 2022. Um, I, it's, it's again, kind of like, I don't see anything that I like in this profile. Uh, his bad pip is going to is going to regress. I went from 278 to 316. Again, he's a, with all those pop-ups and fly balls, I don't know how he has a 316 bad pip. Um, and on top of that, like, I know the tigers don't, have any great catchers but he's a horrible framer <laughs> so it's sort of like I, this guy doesn't really offer anything to me um he's a 30 year old catcher he's not going to get any better he's a bad framer uh his chase rate's awful his whiff rate's awful he's gonna strike out a bunch and i don't think he's gonna hit for a good average uh i get that he had 14 home runs last year but he just doesn't have great power so i don't think that's sustainable i don't know i just um it's sort of another guy i don't get it i don't think i would draft eric haas in like the top 450 um 
I would be so, so far from this ADP. Yeah, my uh, my next fade is actually a Detroit Tiger as well. Um, we were kind of messaging about it earlier today, but it's, it's Riley Green. Um, there's just too many red flags. Uh, I know he's young, but I, is he going to break out this year? Is he going to break? He's still young for this year too. Um, but there's just a, a lot of things, in my opinion, that go like, against him. Uh, Detroit lineup is terrible. The park's terrible. Uh, he had a 28.7% K rate last year. He had a 56% ground ball rate. So ground, just too many things to fix. Um, can he fix it? Yeah, he absolutely can. Um, the speed, in my opinion, is, uh, you know, I don't know what to think about it, I guess. Um, I know he had 16 steals in 2021 in the minors. Uh, he was only one for five last year in the majors. So one steal and, you know, 418 PAs. That's obviously, you know, that's not good. Again, he's super young. Um, can he break out? Yes. Um, you know, I, I think he can handle major league pitching, but just the strikeouts, um, the, the ground ball rate, I mean, if you look at the strikeout rate, even in 2021, when he had 24 home runs and 16 steals, uh, the strikeout rate was still pretty high there, double A AA and triple A. Um, it was still 27.4%. So, uh, yeah, for me, I just, I kind of need to see it from Riley Green before I can, um, before I can dive in. I know there's a lot of people that like him that are on him. It, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I probably won't have any. No, no, I'm, no, I mean, that's fair. Um, I think just because he's going to bat lead off and play every day and now has like, you know, isn't his rookie year anymore. I think he's got a, I think his floor is like somewhere around 85 runs, 15 homers, 10 steals. Um, just cause again, he's going to get so many plate appearances if he stays healthy and he's going to be 22 years old. Another, you know, under year of big league pitching. Um, and though saying that though, I haven't drafted him one time, so I guess I don't like him enough either, but I do see the appeal. Um, as opposed to some of the people we've talked about, I don't, I don't really see the appeal. Um, my last sell at ADP is going to be Brendan Donovan. Uh, I know it's a later pick at 310, and I, I know he's more of a DC guy, but he just doesn't do anything. <laughs> um, he basically played a full season last year. Like he played almost 130 games, and like did not contributed nothing in fantasy. He had 60 runs. Five home runs, two steals, and forty-five RBIs. <laughs> like, what, what are you drafting? Um, like, yeah, you don't want to take zeros, but I mean, if you spread that out over like a weekly basis, that's like literally fucking nothing. Um, again, I, I get that he has a high batting average, but uh, he's not going to hit home runs. He's not going to steal, and he's going to bat like eighth or ninth. I don't see any appeal whatsoever in Brendan Donovan. Yeah, the thing about batting average, too, is, you know, you could run into some bad luck for batting average. And, you know, if your BABIP just has a bad BABIP season, you, you could see the batting average come down. And now it's no longer a strength, you know, like a super strength. So, um, yeah, I get it. The, the empty batting average guys kind of, uh, I, they don't just, they don't interest me that much. Um, yeah, I'd rather but at least, the, you know, oh, go ahead. No, no, it's at least like a guy, I know Luis Arias goes much higher, but like at least a guy like Luis Arias could bat like lead off or something. 
I mean, this right. guy's this guy's hitting friggin' eighth or ninth that doesn't steal any bases. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. He just doesn't do anything. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, my last fade is um, another guy that I've heard um, a lot of people talking positively about. It's uh, Charlie Morton. Um, Ooh, uh, I, I had, yeah, I had Charlie Morton on some teams last year. Like, I mean, I like the strikeouts. The strikeout rate was still fine. Um, there's just some there's some things that I just I don't like. Uh, obviously, he's you know he's 39 years old, so that's uh, you know it's kind of getting up there. Um, it's one of those, it's one of those guys I just kind of want to get off before, uh, it's too late. Um, we saw the walk rate really creep up last year. Um, 3.3 walks per nine. Again, the strikeouts were still there. The swing strikes fine, but, uh, you know, his last 55 innings, a lot of people are saying he got off to a little bit of a slow start because of, you know, his injury he had from the year before or whatever, but his last 55 innings, he had a four, eight, eight ERA and a one, two, eight whip. So, um, I don't know. I think he's a four plus ERA guy, one, two plus whip guy. And I just would rather take shots on a couple of guys that are going around him. One, Chris Sale, two, Drew Rasmussen. I'd much rather have both those guys than, than Charlie Morton, but I get it. The strikeouts are still there for Morton and he's pitching for Atlanta. So wins you would think would be, um, good, but, um, yeah, he's just, uh, he's going to be one of the guys that I'm, I'm fading this year. Yeah. Um, Getting, he's getting up there in age, and um, his fastball got hit really, really hard last year. Um, they gave up a lot of home runs, and while that might seem like bad luck, I think it was partially deserved. Um, I'm a little higher on Morton, but uh, I agree. I um, I don't think you can just look at his XFIP and say, oh, that's going to be a ZRA next year, because I do sort of think you know, getting up there in age uh, and how many home runs he allowed last year I don't think it was that unlucky. Um, moving over to the buys at ADP. Um, I'm going to start with Chris Sale at 154. Um, this is more of a fab league play for me. I think he's an absolute smash in a fab league. But at 154, um, a report came out a few days ago saying that uh, they think he's going to be good to go for opening day. Um, when he's healthy, he's just still really good. Um, even though his K to walk fell off in 2021 from the previous seasons, it was still 22% K minus walk. And that's still very good. Uh, that would have been like top 20 ish in the league. Uh, minimum, I think I did minimum hundred innings pitched last year. Uh, and it's just working. It's worth taking a chance on a guy like that in a fab league. You know, it's pick 150. Like, yeah, like even if you take him, in, I'm sure he'll go a little higher in the main event. But if you take, uh, you know, a guy like that in the eighth, ninth, tenth round, it's still a high pick. But I still think that, like, you know, he he gives you two, three good months and then, go, and then gets injured, you know, because he hasn't been able to stay on the field. Um, I still think it's worth it in a fab league. Uh, in a DC, it's tougher to replace elite innings, even though I'd, I still would take him in a DC. I, I think a, a profile like that, I'd be much more willing to uh, even jump ADP in a fab league because I think, um, you know, he's he's going to be healthy to start the year, and I think he's going to give you really good production as long as he's healthy. Yeah, I I mean, he's almost always been good when he's when he's pitched, and 
I I completely agree. I just took him in the in the, the one KDC, and I obviously just mentioned that I would take him over Morton in that range too. So, um, you know, uh, we see where Clayton Kershaw is going in drafts, and you know, we how many innings are we expecting out of him? Right? It's gonna. I think I feel like Chris Sale can almost be on that same exact level with um, elite ratios and and you know solid strikeout numbers. Um, even though they're only going, you know, 130 innings or so. So uh, I, I'm definitely uh, on board with you there. Uh, my first buy is going to be actually an early round, um, early round buy, which generally I don't, you know, I would never put an early, early pick in here, but um, it's Aaron Nola. Uh, I mentioned on multiple podcasts of ours that, uh, you know, his ADP is at 34. I have him as my SP3. I would take him in the middle of the second um, to me, that's kind of where he should be going um, four seasons of 220 plus strikeouts. He's averaged 200 innings over his last four full seasons. And that, uh, that you know, excluding the short season, obviously, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what there isn't to like about him. 1.3 walks per nine. He gives up less than one home run per nine. Uh, the strikeouts are there. Swing strikes there. Uh, good offense. Uh, you know, hopefully the bullpen has improved. But I don't know. I just kind of feel like, uh, you know, last year's ERA was 325, but his FIP was 257. So he's almost kind of gotten a little unlucky um, at points. But, you know, sign me up all day for uh, the, these pitchers that have low walks, high strikeouts. And then you, you throw in, um, you know, the sub one home run per nine that he just, uh, you know, had last year, which is a huge improvement over the year before. Um, yeah, Aaron Nola is just a guy that I, I want a lot of shares of. I already have a lot of shares of, and I'm looking to have more shares of. So uh, who do you got as your second buy? Yes, yeah, so my second buy is going to be uh, Lars Newtbar. And, you know, it, it's been tough because in the beginning of draft season, uh, I wanted him at around 220, 230 ADP, and now he's bumped up. He's been bumped up to 184 and um, in the last month. I don't know, man. I I think this kid's really, really good. Um, and, and I know he's like the popular sleeper and all that. And what I'm saying isn't like a bold prediction or anything, but I think he's a legitimate shot at being a five category player. Um, and it's really hard to find uh, around pick 180. Um, there's just nothing not to like. He hits the ball hard. He doesn't strike out. He doesn't chase. Um, good barrel rate. Uh, even attempted steals. He attempted five steals. Um, and most of them were towards the end of the year when he started to play every day. Um, I don't think he's going to hit 228 again. Uh, hits the ball too hard, makes too much contact, especially with the shift ban. Um, it, it, even without the shift ban, I don't think he would have hit 228 again if he were to play like, you know, another three months uh, with the shift. He would have just had positive regression and wouldn't have hit 228 again. But I think I honestly think he's, his profile is more of a 260, 270 hitter with how hard he hits the ball with a 20% strikeout rate. Like that's not at all the profile of a 240, 230 hitter. Um, I think he's going to hit leadoff the majority of the time, uh, especially against righties. And I don't know, man. I think this could be like a 25 homer bat that hits leadoff and chips and steals. Uh, I think he's a potential special special player. Yeah, I agree. He's uh he's the reason why I'm 
I don't have any shares of Edmund this year. I had a lot of shares of Edmund last year. Um, I know people were worried that, you know, Edmund wasn't going to lead off last year. I didn't have too many concerns about that just because of the, the other options. I'm not a big Dylan Carlson guy. But this year, uh, I do think Nupar should lead off. Um, he's obviously really good at getting on base. So, um, yeah, I, I like that one. Uh, my second buy is um, – I kind of alluded to it in the in the in the cell, uh, the fades with Adley Rutschman. Um, my first buy, or my I'm sorry, my second buy is actually Wilson Contreras. Uh, to me, this is kind of where I want to start dipping into the catching the catching pool a little bit. Um, you know, he's going in the seventh round at uh, you know ADP of 97. I just think uh, he's got a huge upgrade in the lineup this year, and you know, with being in St. Louis. And I just think that, uh, I mean, he's got 98th percentile hard hit, like hard hit max EV. His hard hit rates are all like super elite. Um, I just think he's got going to have tons of opportunities for RBIs and runs just being in that lineup. So this is generally where, um, like I mentioned, this is where I like to start getting into the catching pool a little bit. Um, I like guys like him and Melendez, uh, Kirk. You know, this is kind of, I don't like spending that, that early pick unless they do something like, you know, real Muto steals bases, Varshal steals bases. Um, this is kind of where I like to get into the catching pool around round seven. Yeah, Contreras, love Contreras this year. He's going to have an awesome season. Who you got as your uh, third buy? Third buy is going to be Cattell Marte. Uh, he's going off the board around pick 205 in the last month. I just think he's still too talented to fade. And I understand most people's reasoning is that um, he doesn't steal as much as many bases anymore. He is injured a lot, but the skills are just too good at this price. He still has a 115 max EV with an 18% strikeout rate, and he's going to play every single day. Um, and he's going below, like he's going 30 picks below Vaughn Grissom. Like what? Like what? Are you joking? <laughs> um, he's infinitely more talented than Vaughn Grissom on top of being a better fantasy player than Vaughn Grissom. Um, I, and a lot of people like say that 2019 was sort of a fluke. But in 2021, in 90 games, he had 14 home runs with a 318 batting average. Uh, I know that's not 2019, but it's not that far from 2019 if you extrapolate it over a full season. Um, I don't know, man. I think like some guys, some guys just have down years sometimes. Um, and I think Cattell Marte just had a bad year. He's only 29 years old. I think he's going to bounce back. The skills are still great. Uh, I, this is a, this is a smash for me at ADP. What do you think, uh, about, do you think he's going to run at all or no? I think that's kind of maybe a little bit of the concern. Um, it's, it's tough to draft middle infielders that don't steal bases. Um, obviously, you can make up for it elsewhere, but at this stage of the draft, um, if you don't have stolen bases yet, I don't know if you can take on that kind of a bat unless you think he's going to run. What are your thoughts about that? Well, no, no, I really don't think he's going to run. Um, I think he's going to give you like a 290 batting average with 20 to 25 homers. Um, I don't think he's going to run much, no. He had six stolen base attempts last year. I guess I'd expect something similar to that. Um, I mean, he's never been a zero in steals. 2019, he had 10. 2021, like I said, but he was injured. He only had two. Last year, he had five. 
Um, so it's not a complete zero, but I just, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect more than five, um, especially because he's going to want to try and stay healthy. I, um, yeah, I, I get that though. You know, you don't want to draft a middle infielder. Oh, not that you don't. It's hard to draft a middle infielder like guys like Brandon Lowe and Max Muncie. Um, and, um, what was the other guy? I had another guy that took my tongue. I forgot what it was. But yeah, guys like Brandon Lowe and Max Muncy, who are second base eligible that don't steal bases. I get that, but I don't know. I, I usually address steals earlier. So maybe that's why he's more appealing to me. But that could that could be the reason why uh, Marte is going lower in drafts. Yeah, I same same boat. I definitely address steals earlier. Um, I wonder if like somebody like if let's say you take J Ram, for example, um in the first round. And you're getting steals from third base. Now you don't need him as much from a middle infield spot, uh, something like that. But um, yeah. my next buy is actually uh, fitting into that same mold that we were just discussing with our, our, the way we like to build. Uh, it's Hunter Renfro. Um, it's kind of this is just kind of what he what he does is kind of what I need essentially at, at this stage of the draft because um, I do address steals generally as much as possible early on, uh, just like you do. Um, so Renfro is going off the board at 144. I just think, the, you know, you look at his last two years, he's got a 22.9% K rate. Um, that's, that's perfect. We'll take that all day from a, a power hitter. Um, you look at, you know, what he did in 2019, he's come a long way from that. Uh, like the, you know, the 30% strikeout rate. So he's got a strikeout rate under control. He's now hitting in uh, what I think is an awesome lineup with the angels and, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, 260, 30 home runs, and 100 RBIs. I wouldn't be surprised at all by that. So, um, yeah, again, Hunter Renfro it just does literally exactly what I'm looking for um, in, in this stage of the draft. Who you got as your uh, fourth buy? My fourth buy is going to be starting pitcher Jose Barrios, uh, 242 ADP. Um, I tweeted about him the other day. I sort of did a bit of a deep dive. And I, even though the strikeout to walk was absolutely down from, you know, his previous norms. So people are going to look at that and say, you know, oh, well, he's not the same pitcher he was in previous years, but um, he is the same pitcher he was in previous years. The stuff is exactly the same, uh, like exactly the same. Nothing has changed. Um, and what I think happened is a bit of regression for sure, but also um, he just wasn't commanding his fastballs. Um, just put a lot of pitches over the plate, uh, gave up a lot of barrels, and just wasn't getting strikeouts. Um, uh, again, I just think this is um, this is a pitcher that has a really good past. You know, in twenty twenty one, he had a twenty six percent K, five percent walk. 2019, 23% K, 6% walk. 2018, 25% K, 7% walk. Um, those are good numbers. And his stuff is still good. His command on his other pitches is good. His command on his curveball was uh, fine. I just don't really know um, what happened on, um, on his sinker. Uh, that was mostly the pitch, the sinker and the four-seamer. Just um, weren't putting them where he did the prior year, and I think that just messed up his whole game. So if it's like something mechanical, he should be able to fix that. 
uh, in the off season. So yeah, I just, again, I think, uh, where was he going last year? Around like pick 60, pick 70? Um, yeah, it was somewhere right around there. I know a lot of people so got like burned a, by him. So it's like an 170 pick drop on a guy that literally is identical from a like pure, like what he has to offer in terms of the pitches he throws is the exact same pitcher as he was in 2021. Now, I'm not saying he should have gone top 60 or 70 last year because he's probably going a little too early. Um, but man, I just, I don't know. There's just nothing different other than the, uh, the poor fastball command, which I think is something that is pretty easily fixable. Um, so I'm heavily into Jose Barrios next year. I just, you know, he's 28 years old. I just, I don't know. I don't think he's old enough to just fall apart and not be good anymore. Yeah. He was the fade for me last year. Uh, like you said, he was, he was just going too early and, um, I don't have any this year, but I don't disagree with you because, I mean, it's almost – I mean, it's essentially, like, nothing to lose, right? Like, if you take him now, if he doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. Um, it's going, going so late. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my fourth buy is Andrew Benatendi. Um, he's uh, ADP of 209. Um, I think Benatendi's got a chance to be super elite in two categories. Um, the batting average and it, it runs. Um, if he's going to hit second in that, in that White Sox lineup, I think he's got an opportunity to score a ton of runs. Um, he's really, really good at getting on base. And then you, you got, uh, you know, uh, Lou Bob and you got Eloy hitting behind him. Um, I think there's a great opportunity for a lot of runs there. Uh, home runs. He only had five home runs last year. Um, I think it was a little bit unlucky. I think that he's um, I think he's got an opportunity to be like a 15-15 bat and 15th round to get a, a guy that's going to be hitting in the two hole that, like I said, I think is going to be already elite in two categories. I think he's definitely worth a shot. Um, I actually jumped him two rounds in this one KDC. I took him in the 13th. Uh, I actually was considering it, taking him in the 12th. I really wanted him. I just I was kind of behind an outfield. The outfield, as we know, thins out pretty quick so you know being able to lock in somebody who's going to be hitting two in the lineup great at getting on base great batting average and can chip in you know uh, in, in home runs and stolen bases uh that's that I, I have a lot of interest in yeah ben no no ben is a good call i've warmed up to him uh the more i've you know looked into him yeah, I yeah, don't think my, you know, um, he went 2020 and 2020 and 2017, but it's uh, you know, I don't think he's gonna be that good. But you know, we've seen great batting averages from him before 271 in 2017, 290 in 2018. Last year he hit 304. Uh even 2021, he hit 276. Uh 2021, he had 17 home runs and eight steals. Uh, got caught nine times in 2021, but uh he actually had a little better uh percentage this past season, eight for eleven. So you know, maybe he's somebody with the new rules that can really take a step up also in stolen bases. If he's going to be on base a lot, uh, you know, that's obviously – I'm not surprised at all if he steals 15 bases. He's stolen 20 twice before. So it's just uh, – yeah, that's somebody that I really like a lot. Absolutely. Um, my fifth and final buy is going to be – I sort of went out of order in ADP. Uh, Josh Naylor at 217. Um, so I guess this is a – 
a lot bolder than I thought it was after looking at the ADP. Andrew Vaughn's going pick 150. And Josh Naylor is going uh, roughly 70 picks later. I would take Josh Naylor straight up over Andrew Vaughn. Um, I think he's better in almost every aspect of these. He's going to have more RBIs, more home runs, more stolen bases, and a similar batting average. Uh, Naylor came off a really, really serious injury. Uh, he, like, snapped his ankle in half, basically. Um, it was sort of like a leg-ankle thing where he just broke. Um, and he came back last year, and he was good. He had 20 home runs, six steals, and hit 260. Um, I just don't think that type of injury, like, uh, there, there were reports that came out that he wasn't like a hundred percent healthy the whole year. And that sort of checks out because he got benched um, a few more times than you would think um, a bat. That's that good. You know, he only played 122 games um, and he was on the IL for uh, seven days. Um, I really don't think he's as, as much of a platoon risk as people make it out to be. And on top of that, I think he's going to play much more than he did last year, if he's healthy, of course. Um, I just think this is like he has a 16% strikeout rate and a 113 to 115 max EV. Like that's a 30 homer bat um, if he continues to uh, have his launch angle go in a positive direction. Um, His fly ball rate went from 17% to 23% last year on Savant, which is a pretty decent upgrade. Um, and I don't know, he's only 20, he's, he's gonna, it's going to be his age 26 season. I just see everything is pointing up for this kid. And I don't really understand why he's being taken around pick 220. Um, again, I think he's straight up better than Andrew Vaughn. And I think he has a higher ceiling than Andrew Vaughn. Um, uh, I think this is an awesome pick if you haven't addressed uh corner infield yet at this point. Yeah, I think Andrew Vaughn is definitely somebody that you and I are both um, just really don't have a whole lot of interest in. Um, so I, I, I can definitely see Naylor outperforming him uh, easily, actually. So uh, my last uh, my last buy is uh, a guy that we actually um, selected and I because we were right before we were about to record and I came on the clock in that DC that I mentioned a couple of times. And uh, it's J.D. Martinez. Um, I don't like the fact that he's UT only, but I just think that the profit that he can return at that, at that price is, is too good to pass up. Um, you know, you're looking at a guy, he's going, uh, ADP of 206. He's kind of going right around Ben attendee who I mentioned before, but, uh, 15th round, it's just somebody that, uh, he's hitting in that Dodger lineup. Um, he's got an opportunity to, for 100 RBIs, um, you know, we were kind of talking before, you think his power is going to come back. I think even if he only hits like 20 home runs, um, I, I still think 100 RBIs are on the table, and he's going to hit for a good average. Um, he just – he always has. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's – again, it's it's tough for me from a roster construction standpoint to lock in a utility only, but 15th round uh, for a guy who could potentially have a four – but, you know, elite four categories. Um, it's just too tough for me to pass up. Uh, I got a few shares of J.D. Martinez already. And just, uh, like I said, got another one. Yeah, I would have had him on my list if you didn't. Um, just uh, He's just too good of a real-life hitter. I think he's going to have a good average hit home runs and have a shit ton of RBIs. And I don't know. He's just too good. 
I thought the Dodger bump would have uh, put him higher, even higher at ADP. Even though it did bump him a little bit, I thought it would have bumped him even higher. And uh, obviously, you can't draft him if you drafted Otani, but he, he's just too good of a real life hitter. I really don't care. Have you heard any reports? Do you think there's any chance he can get 10 games play in the outfield? <laughs> I actually don't. Um, the, he's just, you know, at 34, 35 years old, he's not going to play in the outfield. And I saw the Dodger <laughs> reporter say the other day that he's going to be their everyday designated hitter. So I yeah. wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect it. Which is fine. Just stay healthy. Give me 140 games played. Give me 20-plus home runs. Give me 90-plus RBIs. Give me a good average. Sign me up all day for that. Um, oh, yeah. I'm actually going to – I'm going to give a bonus – uh fade here um okay it's a guy that i actually missed um i don't know why i didn't include him in my in my top five because there's honestly just a zero percent chance that i that i'll ever take him <laughs> um it's uh it's matt olson um he's been a fade for years for me um okay. i know the home runs i know the rbis i know the runs that's great um but it's a three category bat I, the batting average drain uh you know he's a career 250 hitter he had 240 last year will the shift help him yeah, it, it should help a little bit, but um, yeah, no speed. Um, there's just, he's at a position that is so deep in my opinion. Um, I mean, there's just loads and loads of first baseman that I like going later. Uh, give me Rowdy Telez at his price. Give me Christian Walker at his price all day over Matt Olson. Um, it's just too, too premium of a pick. And again, this is five by five only. Um, I'm not talking about points leagues because that's a completely different story but um i just I'm, I'm not a big fan of three category bats in in any time in the first five rounds um it's kind of why i don't have any kyle schwarber either although schwarber you know does chip in a few steals we saw him have you know a few last year uh with olsen you're just you're not going to get any um so yeah he's a he's a, he's a definite fade for me yeah i mean i understand that 100 percent, and you're right there are just so many first basemen that I like later in the draft, um, especially like Walker, uh, Walker, Rowdy, uh, Anthony Rizzo, Josh Naylor, like I just talked about. So it is hard to take one that early. Um, I have one share of Olsen. I got him at his DC max at pick 60. And that's the only reason why I took him. Um, and I think, um, I don't know if you agree on this and it's sort of going, it's not really has anything to do with buys or fades, but if you, because we do so many DCs, if you see someone like just say Olsen fell to like pick 65, 68, he just kept falling. Would you be interested? Because again, it's an overall contest and you're getting him later than anyone else has gotten him. And there's so many drafts. Would you be able to take him then? Or is he strictly like, you don't want to take a first baseman three category bat that early? It makes sense because you, you know, likely got a, a stolen base guy in the first round. Um, generally a pretty good average there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I probably still would just pass on him and just, uh, you know, again, like it just, I just don't see that big of a difference um, between Olsen and, and Rowdy Olsen and Christian Walker. Uh, yeah. You mentioned Rizzo, um, even somebody like CJ Crone. Um I like Ryan Mountcastle. Uh, I can, you know, I'm fine with somebody like Josh Bell as my starting first baseman. It's just, there's so many first basemen. Uh, Vinny, Vinny Pasquantino, another example. 
um, Jose Abreu. There's, <laughs> I mean, the list goes on and on and on. There's like so many first basemen that I that I like more at their price than I do Olsen. Um, but I definitely I get it because you make a good point because you know you got them later, so you probably got a you know a combination that's uh, you know very unlike uh, everybody else because you did get a nice max pick. So um, it definitely makes sense there as long as you um, as long as you had some speed and and some batting average addressed in the in the you know with your other hitters and let's say your other top two hitters um something like trade if you had trey turner for example like that would make sense you know with, with medals and what um i started julio rodriguez spencer strider lindor presley medals okay yeah so you had a you know you had some stolen bases already so you know you could take on take on that uh that type of uh that type of a player so yeah i don't hate that at all yeah yeah. No, I just thought that was interesting. The, the whole max pick things. I know a few people have talked about that and it um, there's a few guys who I wouldn't draft at all, but I think when you're doing an overall contest, you have to look at min and max picks um, just because again, you know, as much as we think we know what we're talking about, you can, you can easily be wrong on a player. And if you're getting someone as late uh, later than anyone has gotten them, it, it just, um, you know, not only gives you a unique build, but it's just, you know, um, if you get Matt Olson at 60, someone else took, someone else took Matt Olson at like 40. So it's just, I don't know. It gives you that sort of edge um, in drafting. Yeah, no question about it. No question. No, and again, Matt Olson, he could lead the league in home runs, RBIs. I'm not saying he's like a, he's a terrible pick. He's just for my yeah, type yeah. of build and the guys that I like, um, it, it doesn't make sense for me to take somebody like, like Matt Olson. Uh, so real quick, do you want to go over your just your team for the one K DC real quick? Yeah, yeah, we got we got through that uh, the fades and buys, you know, a decent amount of time. So yeah, we can go over spend like ten minutes on it or so. Um, yeah, so I had the I had the tenth pick. Uh, there's, I mean, this this draft uh, is, is you know it's littered with some high end players. Matt Modica, Vlad Sedler, uh, Phil is in there. Um, so it's uh, it's obviously good competition. Uh, I got in it on just kind of a whim. <laughs> it's like kind of like a last second decision. I wasn't going to do any of these super high dollar DCs, but um, see legends in there like that. I got to get in. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I got in. Um, so yeah, the tenth pick. Um, I got Jordan there. Uh, I was uh, I was kind of surprised. I, I, I almost assumed that he was going to be gone by then, but um, he was there and. The stolen base guys that I like were already gone. Bobby Witt went a, uh, a couple picks before. Um, obviously, Tucker, J-Ram, J-Rod, Turner, Kuna, all those guys were gone. Uh, even Mookie Betts went the pick before me. So, um, yeah, I was, uh, let's let's go with Jordan here. Uh, the, the one thing about the super high-dollar DC, I play to win the league. I'm not, uh, I'm not playing to win the overall. So what I mean by that is I don't need to be super elite in every category. Cause that's kind of what you have to, you know, you have to be super elite pretty much in all the categories to win the overall. It is part of the overall, but um, yeah, I'm just definitely playing to win the league here. Round two, I went with uh Raphael Devers. This was a tough one for me. Uh, if people know, if people have drafted with me, they know that I make picks usually pretty quick. Um, I took a little bit of time on this one. Um, uh, guy I mentioned earlier and basically on every single podcast, Aaron Nola, I was really considering him here. Think about these, high, the more money that's in the league, 
the higher the pitching goes. So I didn't want to get stuck with with some, you know, I don't. I, I was totally fine taking Nola there essentially, but um, I did go with Devers again. No speed, um, but I did lock in the third baseman. That, what What are your thoughts there? Like, I mean, I I don't know how much you like to push pitching up. Um, I don't think you have Nola as your number three like I do, but. Like, what, what are your thoughts about that, Ryan? Would you have gone somewhere else there? Or would you have taken Devers? I would have taken Devers. I think that's a, a really, really strong start. Just from, like, a safe perspective, I feel like you know exactly what you're getting from Jordan and Devers, and the upside is you have two of the ten best hitters in Major League Baseball. And I feel like when you're playing, like, a 1K, you know, um, maybe it's people who play um, the Super or the uh, – I forgot what the other names are for it. The ultimate, is that what it's called? Platinum. Yeah. All those yeah. all those leagues are obviously much more like 1K isn't the, uh, even the main events more than 1K. So it's not like the highest, highest of stake leagues, but I still feel like I would want to start safer. Um, and it really doesn't get much safer to me than Jordan Endeavors. Um, again, they're just so talented. You know exactly what they're getting. And you have a great average base uh, to start off which I think is really important. If you're not going to have any speed, you need to have two guys that can legitimately hit 300. Yeah. And just so, and so people know, like um, I know like a big debate has been Devers or Austin Riley. Austin Riley was already off the board. So was Machado. So was Pete Alonzo. Um, I did get sniped. It's tough to say sniped in the second round, but Bo Bichette actually went to pick before me in the second round. Um, I would have smashed Bo Bichette. No question about it there. But uh, he did go right to pick before me. So I took Devers over uh, Real Muto, Michael Harris, Trout, Goldschmidt were the next uh, four bats off the, off the board. So um, round three, um, this is kind of what I, I figured would happen. A lot of the pitching got pushed up. Um, here's the starting pitchers that went off the board before my round uh, three pick. Strider, Rodon, Woodruff, Nola, Scherzer, Verlander, Sandy, and Cease, all gone. Um, so I did push up. Uh, my next guy that I like the most uh, next is Kevin Gossman. Um, essentially, I need to get innings. I need to get 200 strikeouts with my ace. I think I was able to do that. Um, the guys I passed them over, DeGrom, McClanahan, uh, were the kind of the two guys that were you know kind of next in, in – those guys were the next essentially in, in ADP, but I jumped up Gossman over both of them. Uh, what do you think about that, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I'm totally fine with Gosman there. Um, you know, the K to walk is great. I know we mentioned his really high BABIP in the starting pitcher pod. But he's just a really good pitcher. His splitter is one of the best pitches in all of baseball. And he's proven that he can start 30-plus games multiple times. Um, so to me, he is that, like, he's not an ace, but he's the next tier of pitchers. And I'm totally fine with him there. Uh, he's just—I don't know—he's just really good. I don't—I don't expect him to have a 360 bat again. Yeah. So, uh, so round four, um, I was kind of willing to go any way with this with this pick uh, until my guy Jose Altuve fell there. Uh, I wasn't expecting there. I was actually—if I hadn't—if I had taken Nola over Devers in the second, I would have considered Altuve right there in the third. Um, because that's where, in my opinion, he should be going. Uh, I got a bunch of shares of Altuve. I love Altuve. Uh, he was there for me in the fourth, so it was a pretty easy call. Um, 
DeGrom, McClanahan, and Bieber with the three starters that went. Um, I did briefly consider a closer there, but, uh, you know, um, I got my guy in the fifth, a guy that you like as well, who I assumed was going to be there in the fifth, uh, and he was, Kenley. Um, Again, I've mentioned this before. I think he's one of, you know, a handful of guys that um, have a shot at 40 saves, Um, but I do think he's – pretty much a lock for 30. Um, obviously, I know you like Kenley, so we don't need to go into too much detail there. But, but uh, the, even, the, oh. even the three bats that you started, though, Altuve, Devers, Jordan, I can't think of a safer three guys you can take. <laughs> like you just have three absolute stud bats that you know are going to produce for you. Um, and again, just doing a, a more high-stakes league, I think, uh, I don't know. Like, like you said, you're not playing for the overall as much. You want to drift, and you can have this approach in any type of league, honestly, to just go really safe up top. Like, I'm never going to hate on someone that does that. But it's just you have such a safe start of just guys I'm so confident in uh, getting production. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's apparent at this point through five rounds that my my strength is is batting average, weakness is stolen bases. Um but I feel like I got, you know, almost all the categories covered outside of stolen bases, um, you know, getting getting Kevin Gossman as my ace and and Jansen for, for saves. Uh, round six was a uh, a pretty easy choice because I was sniped in round five. Um, I wanted Zach Allen. Uh, he he went. So I took I took Kenley and obviously, you know, it was perfectly fine because I love Kenley, too. But uh, round six was a definite target. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, I get my SP two. Um, I think he's going to push for 200 plus strikeouts uh, pitching for Cleveland again this year. So um, I'm, I'm all aboard Tristan McKenzie uh, round seven round seven was an interesting round. Um, I had no idea what was going to be there. Uh, I did land Alexander Bogarts um, again, another huge batting average guy. We should see ton of counting stats with San Diego. You know, my batting average, my counting stats through my first four hitters are, are just absurd, but it's becoming more and more apparent as the draft goes along that I'm, I'm falling behind in stolen bases. So what are your thoughts about uh, McKenzie and Bogarts there? Yeah, again, love it. Um, I'm not huge on Bogarts, but again, he's just really safe. Gonna Your batting average is so awesome. Um, and that allows you to attack like speed guys later. I'm not going to name anybody, but it allows you to attack like those lower average high speed guys later in the draft because your average is so like, uh, I mean, what do you have like a 290 average through your first four hitters? Like that's insane. Um, even like let's let's like even regress it to 280. That's still awesome. Um, so getting you know getting Bogarts, um, and it also pairs well with Altuve, Devers, and Jordan because he's not going to be a, a really big home run guy, and all those three hitters can hit 30-plus. Um, and then McKenzie's just a real uh, rock-solid SP2. I, I love your start so far through seven rounds. I have nothing bad to say about it. Yeah, round eight, though, is where, uh, again, it, the, the further you get into the draft, the more kind of bigger decisions you have to make. Um I went with Hunter Green. I went with a, a kind of a high ceiling starting pitcher. Um, this pick is obviously I like Hunter Green. I took him, but this was the pick where you know I had options. I had Logan Gilbert was still on the board. Um, I had uh, some catchers on the board at, at, in the in the eighth round. MJ Melendez was there 
Um, I really strongly considered him. Um, Alejandro Kirk was still there as well. Sean Murphy. There's, um, you know, it was just one of those picks where what direction do I want to go? Um, and I just kind of felt like I needed a little bit more of a strikeout, uh, just, you know, get that third SP um, to go with, you know, Gossman and McKenzie. Um, so, yeah, I went with Hunter Green. Um, round nine, uh, I went with my guy. Uh, just got done talking about him a little bit, Christian Walker. Uh, this is a huge target for me. This is, again, guys like Matt Olson. Like, I had a chance to take Matt Olson in the fourth. I did not. Um, I just I like Christian Walker. I like uh, Rowdy Telez, who ended up going. I, I didn't get didn't get him, but um, I thought about Rowdy Telez in round ten. But I actually went with Chris Sale, a guy that uh, you have as a buy. Um, what are your thoughts about that uh, Hunter Green, Christian Walker, Chris Sale combination? Yeah, so I like um, I like pairing Hunter Green and Chris Sale with Gosman and McKenzie. I'm confident. And Gosman and McKenzie's uh, volume, and then, man, Hunter Green's just so talented. Like I'm not. Again, even though you're not really playing for the overall, I just think Hunter Green could just, he could be a top three round pick next year, like pretty easily. Um, so uh, I'm not gonna ever bash someone taking him in the you know seventh, eighth, ninth round. He's just so talented, and then um, you know pairing him with Chris. You're just taking talent, um, which works when you have a nice volume floor. Uh, so, again, I liked everything you did so far. I would have considered MJ Melendez with one of those with um, the Hunter Green pick. That would have been a really tough call for me, but I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, after Green, Walker, Sale, um, round 11. Uh, this is my first share of, of Ian Happ. Um you know, I only had one outfield at this point through the first 10 rounds. That was my first round pick. So uh, I needed to get back into the into the outfield outfield pool here. I was between Hap and Harrison Bader. Um, you know, I'm again, I'm behind in stolen bases, so Bader would have fit the team really well. Um, I thought there was a possibility I could get Bader in the 12th. I did not, but I was I was happy to get Ian Hap, a guy who's going to hit in a prime spot in that Cubs lineup. Uh, should be tons of runs and in, in RBIs there. Um I don't, what do you, what do you, I don't know if you have your projections up, but what are you projecting or what do you think Ian Happ can do with home runs and stolen bases? We've kind of seen it a little bit all over the place. Can he be a 25 and 10 guy or is he more of like a, you know, 20 and seven guy? Got a projected for 25 home runs and 14 stolen base attempts. Um, and I think he can get you 80 runs and 80 RBIs and hit 255. Um, I just think he's a massive buy for where he's going. I have him. Uh, I haven't updated ADP exactly, but I have him as the 64th hitter off the board, and I think he's going as the 88th hitter. So I have him as a um, pretty strong buy at ADP. Um, it's just he's a borderline five category contributor, and you're yeah. getting him around what pick 150. Uh, yeah, where did I get him here? Uh, one one sixty. Yeah, I mean, I just think that's an awesome pick. Um, and he's done it a few times too, right? It's not like he's never done it before. Uh, he had 25 home runs in 2021, and he had a pretty solid season last year. He just didn't hit the power. It just wasn't where it normally is. 
Yeah, he hit for a higher average last year. So, you know, if he gives back a little bit of average for a little more power, awesome. And, and to me, like, that's what I would prefer because, my, you know, I've built my team around strong average. But, you know, if he does hit 270 again, yeah, I'm not going to complain. So, um, yeah, there, there's only been – yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, there's only been four more picks, so we'll kind of go through them pretty quick. But Dustin May, I took it, uh, in the 12th. So, you know, I kind of got uh, – I got good innings with Gossman and McKenzie, and then we kind of, you know, I'm kind of falling just a little bit behind in like total innings with Hunter Green, Chris Sale, and and Dustin May. But I just think that there's so much upside here with with Green, Sale, and May. I mean, if those guys all hit, you know, my pitching staff's going to be obviously super elite. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Dustin May. I know these Dodgers said they came on said they're going to, you know, manage his innings and stuff like that. That's fine. Throw five innings. I mean, the bullpen's elite, and the offense is, is super elite too. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if May had like 150 innings with 15 wins this year. So, uh, I'm all aboard the Dustin May train. Absolutely. Andrew Benatendi, again, I mentioned this earlier. I jumped him two rounds. This is round 13. I jumped him. Um, I just felt like I needed to get uh, – I need to get some speed at this point. You know, maybe we get like 10 steals out of Hap. Uh, you know, maybe we get 10 steals out of Bogarts, 15 out of Altuve. I needed to get some more here. I think, again, I think Benetendi can be a 15-15 guy. Same with my next pick, Gene Segura. I think the same thing. I think he can be like a 15-15 guy. Uh, Benetendi and Segura both are going to hit in prime spots in their lineups. So I think runs are going to be. Um, I think they're both going to score a ton of runs. So I feel like runs is now becoming like a huge strength on this team as well. Um, and then only other pick I've made so far is JD Martinez in the 15th. So we're, uh, we're through 15. Um, this batting average is super elite. Uh, I like the starting pitching. We're going to have to dip back into some closers here, um, you know, get some spec guys, but uh, we're also going to have to address the speed as well. So um, yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, I think having in a DC, I think having innings pitched as your biggest weakness, I think is fine because, um, you know, I know a lot of people are going to say, what do you mean? Like you're going to have so many injuries over the course of a full season, but there's so many volume guys later in the draft that you can, um, and you can sort of like handcuff guys too. Like you can take, you know, the Red Sox six starter to pair with Sale when he gets hurt. Uh, you can pair, you know, with a Dodger guy to pair with Dustin May when he gets hurt. So even though it is a little risky having Sale, Green, and May, I feel like you can, you know, back them up uh, with guys later in the draft. And you could draft like boring volume guys later in the draft. So I, I don't mind that at all being like your big your biggest weakness. Yeah, this has been uh this has been a challenging draft. I know uh Vlad tweeted it out earlier that, you know, this has been a super sharp room. It definitely has, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's, uh, it's fun though. I, I always, I love these, even from four honeys up, um, they can just go, they can go so wild. You see people just do wild, wild strategies. Um, for example, uh, team 15 in this one, his first starting pitcher was in round 13. It was Grayson Rodriguez. Um, Jeez. so, it's uh <laughs> yeah that's that certainly a strategy yeah so I, you know people do people do wild things in these in these types of leagues so it's been a it's been a lot of fun but 
Um, anything else to add, Ryan, before we get out of here? No, I don't think so. I think that's uh, good. I think you got a you got a really strong team in that 1KDC. I'm excited to see how the rest of it goes. Yeah, thanks. I am too. Hopefully, I can uh, get some of my later on targets, but you know, we'll see. But uh, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, I don't think we have it set in stone yet. But Daniel Preppis was going to is going to be coming on with us. Um, hopefully, Friday night. But you know, we'll see. We'll see uh, when everybody's um, schedules can line up. So. Um, yeah, that should do it for tonight. Uh, we thank everybody for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you for once again, tuning into another episode. Ryan and I appreciate the support. You can find us on Twitter. I am at pile of dial. Ryan is at Ven underscore armbarn. In the words of Thomas Edison, Your worth consists in what you are and not what you have.